Good morning, everybody. Shemot Perek Kafe, chapter 25 of Exodus. And with the beginning of this chapter, we begin a new section of Shemot, arguably really the final section of Shemot. If Shemot can be divided into a number of parts, the first part would be the slavery in Egypt and the liberation from Egypt, which really would take us from chapter 1 to chapter 14. Then we have the chapters of leaving Egypt and getting to Mount Sinai, which would take us from chapter 15 to chapter 20. And from chapter 20 to chapter 24, which we finished yesterday, we really have Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, the third section. The fourth section, which we are beginning today, which is going to go from chapter 25 until the end of the book, chapter 40, 15 chapters, is the section of the Mishkan, of the building of the tabernacle. Of course, within that uh, process of 15 chapters, we are going to have the critical story of the Egel HaZahab, of the golden calf, and the crisis and the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem that that is going to precipitate. However, the golden calf story, as will be spoken about, I'm sure, when we get to it, should not be seen as separated from the story of the Mishkan, but rather should be seen as part of the story of the Mishkan. And so what that little structural... Uh, helicopter bird's eye view gives us is a fascinating insight that of 40 chapters of this wonderful great book of the Torah, a full 15 of them, 15 out of 40, are dedicated to the Mishkan. And that really should give us pause for consideration because if you ask a person with a reasonable knowledge, what would you say Shemot is about? What's the core event and message of the book of Shemot? They would likely say one of two things. Either they would say it is about the exodus and slavery and liberation, or they would say it's about revelation and the giving of the Torah. But it would seem to be that in fact there is a third and surely equally critical theme and that is the Mishkan. Now that might seem quite confusing for many people because it just has to be said the narrative has been extremely exciting until now. It's been about slavery and tyranny and about liberty and redemption and revelation and Amalek and the splitting of the sea and, and that's that's all that gets one's pulse racing. Whereas we are now inter entering into a portion so fixated on details and on details which will repeat one another. Just to speak about our chapter for a moment, our chapter begins with everybody in Israel should give a donation. Whatever it is that people want to donate, they should give. And it gives a list of all the things that should be Donated, keser, zahav, keser, nechoshet, gold, silver, bronze, techelet, algaman, right, silks, and, you know, beautiful uh, tapestries, etc., etc. Vasuli mikdash v'shechanti b'tocha, and they shall make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst them. And the chapter then goes on to describe the interior of the Mishkan. It does not describe yet, at this juncture, the outside. Rather, we 
are given the instructions of what is going to be inside of the Mishkan. And so there is the Aron, there is the the Aron which will house the Luchot, the tablets of stone. There is the Kruvim, the face, the angelic faces of the uh, of seemingly of angels which will spread their wings above the uh, above the Aron and which will be the sort of the centerpiece. We have the description of the Shulchan, the table upon which will be the showbreads. And the chapter concludes with the long and elaborate and beautiful description of the menorah of the candelabra. And we are going to repeat much of this throughout the coming chapters. So I just want to take a moment to think about some of the larger significance of the Mishkan, of the idea that 15 out of 40 chapters of this wonderful book are dedicated to this. And there are really two verses in our chapter which capture the critical essence of the Mishkan. One I have already mentioned. The first is, Va'asuli mikdash v'shachanti b'tocham. You shall make for me a sanctuary, a holy place, and I will dwell there amongst you. That appears after the initial commandment. The second verse, Pasuk Kafbet, verse 22, appears after the description of the Aaron and the Kruvim, and it is as follows. I will make myself known to you there. And I will speak to you from above the Kaporet, from in between the two Kruvim, the two cherubs, which are above the Aaron. I will speak to you there. What we have is essentially the presentation of the Mishkan as a space which Am Yisrael create for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, create for God, in which God will dwell and in which God will reveal himself to them there. What this seems to be capturing is almost an inversion of the book of Bereshit. If the book of Bereshit opens with God creating the world for man, the second half of Shemot focuses on a commandment for man to build a space for God. The Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, in his introduction to the book of Shemot, reflects that Shemot is called Sefer HaGeula, the Book of Redemption. And he goes out of his way to stress that if we understood redemption simply as political liberation, then the book would end already in chapter 15. However, the larger message is in fact that the Book of Shemot understands that liberation and redemption is not simply a political matter, but rather is also a spiritual matter. And that true freedom is only gained once Israel have not only released themselves from the shackles of slavery, but have in fact established for themselves a positive liberty, a positive freedom of something that they create themselves for God. Have a wonderful day, everybody.